MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic. A sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. That it is. Welcome in to the beginning of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. See, my name is on the marquee there because four hours are not enough. And we now do this thing eight days a week. The question is, will we continue to do it eight days a week? And obviously a spinoff of the radio show. But you found it. You've downloaded it. You subscribed. You've told your friends. You've told your enemies about it. And we, we welcome in. It's, this is a, a gas bag a chat. A, a chat with our friend podcast. We'll get to him in a second. We welcome in David 
Gascon from west of the 405. Live in front of a uh, studio audience here in wonderful Sherman Oaks, California. It is interesting that you are able to get that particular soundbite, but I don't really get any drops. I I don't get any uh, rim shots. I don't get any applause, any laughter, Uh, any of that stuff. You do a pretty good job of... You know, patting yourself on the back, uh, you know, making it all about you, as you no. eloquently said, uh, it's all about you during your shows. So. Well, no, that was the Tom Looney school of radio. Oh. That's not my school of radio, but I did take advantage of a situation that was bad and turned it into a positive. You, you think that you learned that after he gave you advice on how to invest in the real estate market and that turned out to be a dud, you'd stop listening to him. But here we are. Into <laughs> the month of September, and it uh, appears to be no slowing down you and Tom Looney. Well, listen, I, I don't actually talk to Looney much. We text, which is not really talking. It's texting, and we go back and forth in that. But uh, but he is wrong about everything. Certainly his politics are all messed up, so we go back and forth on that. But uh, enough, enough about me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We have Gascon tonight. If you're listening anytime early in the day on Friday, this podcast, the Friday podcast, we made our maiden voyage last week. We did. Benny versus the Penny, YouTube stars, YouTube stars, only on the YouTube. And it went better than I expected. There were only limited mistakes by you. Yeah. Um, and uh, people seemed to enjoy it. And uh, we had a live crowd that was interacting with the show on the chat on YouTube. It was a lot of fun. And more importantly, we won. Uh, at least I won on my my bet. So we came out ahead, which is the most important thing. And we're going to do it again tonight. Same situation on the YouTube. And it is at nine o'clock Pacific on Friday, which is midnight Eastern. That's the witching hour, Gascon. We're going to be on on the witching hour on the East Coast. We'll do it live. So that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. We'll pick every NFL game from the weekend card against the spread we'll have winners on every single game and we will attempt again to win some money and the and the best part is 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 we will uh, unveil a, something a little special for for those that are actually watching the uh the stream too so you and i had talked about this over the last couple of weeks and it's a little give back to to those who are participating in in the uh the broadcast uh tonight so what are we give? What are we giving them? Um, you know, it's it's something that has. To, I'll give them a hint. It has something to do with your Iowa Hawkeye hat. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I have you. Know, I, I I wore that the other night. The Iowa Hawkeye hat. It's a good looking hat. It is. Yeah, it's a good looking hat. So yeah. I I took some notes from from the first broadcast because I know that typically when you go on the air, you don't want to you don't want to listen to what happened after when it's all said and done. So um, I have fourth wall, Christmas, and economy. Those are the three things that kind of jumped up. <laughs> I, like, I like that you're doing it in Maller monologue no, style. That's I just, good. I like are, that. Those are I, bullet yeah. points because. Typical West of the 405 you fell stealing. Absolutely yeah. in love with breaking the fourth wall. Like that, that live feed with, with viewers typing in comments, you, you could not get away from. It was like a kid in a fucking candy store. It was like, <laughs> it was like your first Christmas unwrapping a nice G.I. Joe or a Transformer, and you were just fixated on it until you broke it. Like the broadcast went nearly two hours, which you didn't give me any credit for because I helped you through that two-hour fast that you needed to complete. And yeah. then on top of that, you said, this thing's going to suck. I know it's not going to be good. It will not be uh, technically savvy. And then all of a sudden, you got uh, flame and yawn as opposed to, you know, bull test. Well, I, I, a couple things. First of all, yes. I like that you made this all about you and to, to celebrate yourself, uh, which, is, which is good. And as far as the chat, I, A, it was unexpected. So I didn't expect that to be an option. So I didn't think we'd have any real-time feedback. I and, and B, it kept me from having to just focus on you. I could focus on other things, which is good. That's good. And C, this is the difference. Again, you are proving yourself What's that? as not being a man of the people. I am a man of the people. Yeah. And I like to interact with the unwashed. You do not. 
Uh, you you think these people are below you, the riffraff, right, and all those scum and the, the, the lowest common denominator, all the mean things you say about the Maller militia, you call them vermin and rodents and all that. But these are my people. Uh-huh. These are my people. They're, I like hanging out with the peasants. I like hanging out with the hoi polloi and all that. And, uh, you know, these are my guys. Well, I mean, like you, like you said, is that if you're performing, which this is a performance, there's a, there's a stage and then there's an audience. And you never have the stage and the audience run parallel to each other. Usually one is on top of the other or vice versa. So I think in this point, the audience is behind the stage of what we're doing virtually. So if you don't mind for the future, let's temper this down a little bit because, you know, we got busy schedules here. And I know you get two hours to spare when you're at home doing shows from your bed and and broadcasting. Well, again, not in my bed. I'm in a professional radio studio which has top-notch equipment i have better equipment than i'd say 85 percent of the sports radio stations that are all raggedy and uh, and all that so so uh yeah i mean i i i've been to a few radio stations i've been blown away i remember in oklahoma yeah in norman oklahoma i went to a radio station there because i had to record something i was there for a college football game and the Radio station was at the transmitter site, and it was like a portable, like when I was in school, in elementary school, you know they had those portables out in the back yeah. of the school? It was, the radio station was in that. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is my profession here. and I. But then you go to like New York or L.A., yeah. and they're in these big, massive skyscrapers, and you've got show, showcase studios and all that. But there's more radio stations like the one that was at the transmitter in Norman, Oklahoma, in a little portable building yeah. than uh, there are other places. But then, no, don't be knocking the home studio. I have great equipment here. I'm going to upgrade the studio later this month. i got some things coming in here that are going to make it even better. So I'm all about that, man. All about that action. That's yeah. good. So we we have one show in the book. We have another show tonight. Yeah. And, and I think this is I think this is important because the the more feedback, the better. But also the the activity level because we're going to be giving some things back to the audience. So they need to be aware of like what's like if you like what we're doing, great. There's ways to support that. But if you don't like some of the things, then make sure that you you voice those through the live feed or through the comment section or even on the podcast. You can rate, you can subscribe, yeah. and then you can chime in as well. Yeah, and important. I think what you're really saying is we need more people watching. I think that's what you're really saying. I think we and, and the most effective advertising. Yes, and you know this, and I, this has always been my thing. I have no ad budget. There's no marketing budget. Zero. The most important thing is what I call guerrilla marketing, word of mouth advertising. And that, uh, that is, I don't need billboards. I don't need TV commercials. Well, they'd be nice. Uh, radio commercials. I don't need any of that. But the real hype, the real advertising yeah. is just you saying, hey, so-and-so, this is, this is, one of the reasons, this is important. Like one of the, the cool things is one of the reasons uh, Yelp is so popular and, and, and Amazon, people buy products based on the reviews is because we value other people's opinion, obviously, is human nature, but really people we know, yeah, right? People you know who are in your circle, not in my circle, but in your circle, your your family, your coworkers, you go to school, people around you say, hey, I got I got this thing on YouTube that's like uh, kind of cool, but nobody knows about it. See that that adds some some drama there, Gascon, yeah. because it, and really nobody knows about this, right? We, it's not like lights, camera, action. It's like all right, turn on the little dusty uh, candle or you know light the little candle, and here we are. So. Yeah, which is fascinating to me because I don't know why you had a problem with my avatar picture that if nobody knows like what's the issue with you and my back i i don't get yeah. that no listen i think that's great i know you use that on grinder and i think that's pretty cool there and i i know you've had success with that picture but uh you know i just thought maybe it was unprofessional how about that oh, all of a how about sudden, that you, you, you have multiple pictures sent out to all these radio stations and they're photoshop pictures of you no, no, they're not Photoshop. Those are just old pictures. Well, there's one fat, there's one skinny, there's one in between, yeah. <laughs> and they get the dust cap on. So the real Ben. Well, the problem is, and if if you really hate me and want me to get fat again, no. tell tell Scott Shapiro and management of Fox Sports Radio to have a photo shoot, <laughs> um, because I guarantee you, I will gain eighty to hundred pounds before said photo shoot. Yeah. It happens almost every single time. I've very rarely in radio do they do photo shoots for the. Town 
talent. And I have timed it, I believe, boy, probably seven out of the eight times I've had to do those things over the years, roughly, ballpark figure, I have ballooned like a turkey before <laughs> Thanksgiving, uh, and it, it never ends. So, uh, you know, whenever I'm lean and mean, very rarely do I get my photo taken for those photo shoots. So it's only when I'm fat. So then if we go, if you're on a video feed, then does that mean you can clean up a little bit? Can we get you like in a suit and a tie or at least a dress shirt and rolled up sleeves and you want me to dress up oh why not I mean, it's better than being in pajamas like you, you were look last like week. no i wore a nice t-shirt i had a cap i again i'm relatable oh. i engage with the people oh. all right i engage you're johnny one note over there let me dress up here I, i'm gonna look all i'm gonna be like uh, kramer from uh, the cnbc and i'll do that and Taking i'll shots I, of the speaker of the house this week I saw that. I did see that. All right, we're going very long. This is an interview situation, Gascon. This is a a chat. You're so long-winded here. It's a bad job by you. Uh, You have buried the lead, my man. So we are excited. We're going to have here right now, he is standing by, Bernie Fratto. You know him. He's on Fox Sports Radio on Saturday nights. My old time slide, just one-hour show, Saturday nights, 11 p.m. in the West, 2 a.m. in the East, straight out of Vegas, all the inside dirt, right in the middle of the weekend. So essentially, when you lose your ass on college football, you listen to Bernie. He gives you some info, some important info on what's going to happen on Sunday in the NFL so you can get your uh, your your money back conceivably get your money uh, back and all that so uh, let's welcome in now he's worked in radio in Detroit and uh, he's a SoCal guy so he's he's in, lived an interesting life in the radio business let's give it up now for Bernie Fratto and Bernie why don't we start with this how the heck is that show doing Ben uh, and David first thanks for having me it's going great I have my two-year anniversary this week and uh downloads have increased and uh no one's tried to shoot me yet but you're right 11 p.m saturday night pacific time and uh, it's a one-hour show and the centerpiece of the show and of course it's called straight out of vegas uh the centerpiece of the show is of course sports betting however the content is a little bit more broad-based and eclectic than that i like to offer journalistic commentary i like to give insights uh you know give my take as they say uh, it turns out that we're finding that about 50% of the people who listen to the show don't even bet. However, they like to hear what we're talking about and maybe have bragging rights over their friends and such. And we try to drop a lot of knowledge. We try to be keen observers. We've been at this a long time. And I used to have a joke, you know, if you go to medical school and finish last in your class, they call you a doctor. If you go to betting school and finish last in your class, they might call you broke. So, we like to intertwine common sense strategies as well, like money management and various things like that. So we try to make it a collective as we can, Ben, within the framework of being betting-centric because, you know, people want to hear your opinions on games and events. Well, and Bernie, uh, and, and I'm sure you are, because you do a professional show. I did an, I do an amateur show, so you don't have to worry about the crazy people that call up, right, and the, the harass you on social media at that time of night. Because that, that is a party time slot, Bernie. I know the downloads are good and all that, but in real time, doing the show live at that time, that is right in the middle of the weekend, and that is party central. And I know from years past, uh, Bernie, that uh, the people that are listening at that time live – they are feeling no pain, if you know what I'm saying. Right. No doubt. Many folks are just exiting their favorite watering hole. They might have had a couple of cream de menthe, and they're in a certain type of mood. And what's interesting about that is uh, I get people tweet at me during the show, people tweet at the show. Um, and what surprises me, never ceases to surprise me, is how many of those tweets are coming from the Eastern time zone. Philadelphia, New York, Virginia Beach, Virginia, wherever. And so, as you know, uh, lunar hours, there are always listeners out there. I had a guy uh, text me, uh, he's listening from Sydney, Australia. So what's interesting is because of the wonderful platform that Fox Sports has, and you've got 168 hours in the week, I just do one. All you guys do such a great job. People have it. They keep it locked on Fox Sports. So I, I, I find that more people are listening sometimes than we realize. 
Oh, I agree with you. And, and the cool thing about that, it's a lot of fun, is that these people listening around the, the country, I, we're on uh, Fox Sports Radio's on the American Forces Network or whatever they're calling it now. So we have a lot of you know, military uh, and uh, non-military that happen to be working for the government that are in you know Asia or different countries uh, around the world where U.S. military is, and they listen on the American Forces Network, so it's pretty cool. But that's cheating, Bernie, because it's like an afternoon show. It's not an overnight show for these people in these uh, different parts of the <laughs> world. Like a wise man once said, we're in the air everywhere. I don't know who would say something like that. I have no idea, Bernie, who would say that. But I now... Do you consider – I think of you as a radio guy. It's one of the reasons I like you, Bernie. Yeah. I think of you as a radio guy, but you've done a bunch of other stuff as well. Now, do you consider yourself part of the Rob Parker radio tree, or is that incorrect? It's 100% correct. So let's unpack this. I began my radio career in 1994 at WTK in Ann Arbor. And the first night I ever – and I'm going to build up to the Rob Parker thing. I'll get there in a second, but – the first night I ever had a credential was Friday, June 17, 1994. I was at the old Tiger Stadium. They were hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. And that was the first year they put monitors in the press box so we could watch the game, but there was no sound. Well, that night we were watching the game. We were watching a little thing that became known as the O.J. Bronco Chase. And then later on, a fine gentleman's face kept popping on the screen, a guy you may or may not have heard of named David Gascon. And I'm watching this screen in my first night in the press box, and all these things are hitting me, and I couldn't hear what he was saying. So when I got home about 11.30 that night, I made sure I watched all the replays, and of course the rest is history. I spent several years at WTKA covering Michigan football, had my own show on Sunday called The View from the Cheap Seats, another show called Inside the Frattle House. And then Rob Parker and I became friends and started corresponding on things, and I found my way over to CBS Radio, 97 won the flagship station, WKRK Detroit, which is now WXYT. And not only did I work with Rob, we covered the World Series, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals. I also was a part of the Lions pre- and post-game show broadcast team from 1998 to 2008. And as I've told people, in that period, Ben, I saw everything. It was Barry Sanders last year and to all the way until 2008 which, when the Lions went 0-16 under Rob Marinelli. And I saw everything in between. So... I lived three lifetimes covering the Lions, and then I left Detroit uh, in 2010, February, came to Las Vegas, joined up with ESPN Radio here, co-hosted some shows, also hosted Rebel Extra, which is a post-game show for UNLV Runner Rebel Basketball. Along this whole way, Rob and I kept in touch. We've known each other for 25 years, and worlds collided because R.J. Bell had started a show called... Uh, straight out of Vegas and they wanted to add a Saturday night show and I got to know Scott Shapiro and as I said the planets aligned and so about this time in 2018 two years ago now they created the Saturday show they said can you make the commitment I said absolutely and here we are look at that and the rest is history and uh, well you do a great job uh, Bernie on the, Thank you. on the show and now you're a big national radio star you've become uh, inter- international right international radio star but I, I love Rob I, I went out you know I've, I've known Rob not as long as you but I, I've always been a big Rob, a Rob Parker fan I like this style his no nonsense style and how he's willing to you know tear people down and all that a lot of these guys don't do that uh, you know the athletes and whatever so uh, when I, I went out one time we went out to have a meal with Rob and we were just trading stories about like 90s radio and how different it was compared to what we can do now do you have a really good Rob Parker story Bernie from back in those Detroit those wild local FM radio days in the Motor City well there's a couple there's too many to tell I'll tell you a couple of the classics though were um, in in 2009. Uh, Rob used to joke with Rod Marinelli, uh, you know, that his his uh, son-in-law, <laughs> who became the defensive coordinator, married his daughter. And and Rob used to joke with Rod. I, I used to. I bet you wish your daughter would have married a better defensive coordinator. And you know, he might not have gone 0 16 and broke the room down. Rob Marinelli didn't think it was so funny. But <laughs> the big one, as I'll never forget, Ben, was when Jim Leland took over the Tigers and in the fall of 2005 in the first year right out of the gate they go to the World Series and there wasn't a person in town they played the St. Louis Cardinals that year they were 83 and 79 and that was the David uh, uh, the shortstop but David X-Dine thank you very much sir thank you 
So, make a long story longer, the uh, Cardinals beat the Tigers four games to one, and before the series, Rob was the only guy in town that predicted the Tigers would not win the World Series. And man, you'd, you'd think he would have assassinated, you know, the president or something. They were coming at him right and left. And, you know, Detroit is a very provincial sports town. There's not a transient population there. So if you go on the airways and you're not being a slappy fanboy to one of their teams, well, Rob and I didn't do that. And Rob especially didn't do that. So time and time again, he would be a contrarian like he is with Tom Brady now. Well, he would do that all, all the time in Detroit. And so, he, you know, he became sort of this caricature of himself, but obviously still one of the most popular guys in media there. But I'll never forget the 06 World Series when he predicted the Cardinals would win. And even after it happened, people called us up and just rode Rob, uh, read Rob the Riot Act and he was a jinx and go back to New York. He never lived it down. Wow. And I got to go back. You mentioned you saw everything when you're doing the Lions postgame. Now, I have buddies of mine that have done Baltimore Orioles postgame recently, the last couple of years when they've been terrible. Uh, Clipper postgame back. At, but you're doing the Lions uh, coverage there. What what Were you doing a call-in show, Bernie? What is that like when you're losing every game and they don't win a game and you're taking phone calls? Now, Lion fans have to be used to it, I would imagine, after all these years. But what was that like for you? It was amazing uh, because the, it was the biggest love-hate relationship I've ever seen with any team in my life, and I saw it up close and personal. We would sign on to the post-game show, get the particulars, do a couple of live reads, and we'd open up to the phone lines. Yes, our post-game, we didn't have call-ins in the pre-game, but we definitely had Paul call-ins in the post-game. And what you would have, it was inevitable. Mark Wilson, who you also know, he did shows with us. We would write down, we would do an over-under, six minutes, nine minutes. How long will it take for A, someone to say, fire the coach, B, Ford, sell the team, right? Never ended. And, of course, the years under Matt Millen, which were absolutely disastrous, they rode him like a rented mule. So, one, you know, one person after another would call in, and they would berate the Lions. We found new ways to lose. I mean, they just did it again this last Sunday. It's incredible. But their loyalty was there, and they'd sell out the following week, and every now and then someone would call in and say, I'm getting ready my season ticket, that's it, I've had it. And I, I would pick certain callers, and I would fire back, and I'd say, no, you're not. No, you're not. This is a football town, and you know it. we got eight home games every year, okay? You're not going to move to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah, they got a nice bed and breakfast there, but there's no NFL football there. You know damn well, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I love my Lions. One football, or excuse me, one Playoff win, Ben, since 1957, January 6, 1992, when Dave Craig and the Detroit Lions beat Dallas and Jimmy Johnson 38-6. to And that day on national TV, John Madden said, we're looking at the two teams of the 90s. Well, he was half right. The Lions got to the playoffs a couple of times under Wayne Fonts, but then he was gone, and then Bobby Ross came in, and then Gary Moore, and then Dick Geron, and then Rod Marinelli, then Mike, or before that it was uh, Marty Morningweg and Steve Mariucci. I had like six coaches in 10 years, and it was a constant circus. But the biggest takeaway, Ben, was the incredible love-hate relationship because callers would berate them, threaten to never go to a game again, but they'd be right back the next week because they couldn't break away. Bernie, what's the wildest story that you can tell Ben and I? Because we, we've heard some doozies from athletes over the last couple episodes on podcasts, but you'd mentioned the relationship with Rob, and Rob had, had played me some old tapes of when he was in Detroit, and I said, hey, you half the shit that's on this tape you could not get away with now. Is there anything that comes to mind, whether working with him or anybody else, that you thought, like, I can't bring that up now because I'd get pulled right from the radio station? Well, we crossed the well. We we danced across the line a couple times. In a minute, I'm going to tell you about the night. Uh, and Rob wasn't there that night. Rob Rob had begun a pretty a pretty big career in earnest with the Four Letter Network. So, but on November 19th, 2004, there was a little thing in Detroit called the Malice at the Palace. I was there. We covered the game from the uh, co- uh, concourse, uh, Mark Wilson and I. But before that. There's one thing, and uh, I, I, I can't mention this guy's name for obvious reasons, but I happen to be in Vegas in July, I want to say, of 2007, and I'm getting on an elevator, I'm getting off an elevator, and one particular starting offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions was getting off the elevator, and he had his arm around two females, and they, you know, they might not have been his wife. And he looks at me, and I looked at him and said, 
this is between us, right? And I said, I, hey, I, I, I was in Chicago that day. I don't know nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you the guy's name off the air sometime, but I can't tell you his name on the air. But back to the malice at the palace. It's the most incredible story because no one knows the backstory, guys. The, the, the Indiana Pacers were coached by Rick Carlisle, and he'd been unceremoniously fired by the Pistons the year before, and he was angry, and they brought in Larry Brown. And so he had revenge on his mind, and they were leading that game by about 33 points. And you remember that the Pacers uh, had won, I think, 60 games the year before, in, but in 04, the Pistons knocked them off in the conference semifinals, and Tayshaun Prince had that famous block, and they weren't supposed to win that series either. So Indiana comes to town spitting venom. Rick, Rick Carlisle's mad. The whole team is mad. And that was a great team. Jamal Tinsley, uh, you know, uh, Ron Artest, the whole deal. And when that cup came fly, and so let me back up. When Ben Wallace was fouled by Ron Artest and he shoved him, and Artest ran over late on the table, and an empty beer cup, now it's, people always tell the story wrong, it wasn't a beer. It was an empty beer cup landed on Artest's hands, and he went up on the stand. That scene was so surreal. I don't know if I can do it justice. I, I would take me a full hour to tell the whole story, but I'll tell you one little known detail that no one ever talks about. One of the referees on the floor that night, Tim Donahue. Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I, I was, Bernie, I was uh, at, here at Fox Sports Radio I, after that game. We were doing the overnight, and uh, yeah. that's, all, that's all we talked about. We did like, we tried to do Zabruder film style coverage, breaking it down frame by frame. It, it is right up there with my top moments. And I wasn't even there. You were there. You were lucky enough to yeah. be there, but I, I was just watching on TV, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, it was like wasn't it like a Friday night or something like that? I yeah. Think it was a, yeah, it was a Friday night ESPN it was, game. Yeah, it was a Friday night at uh, November 19th, 2004. And the reason I remember it so well is our show was from 7 to 11 p.m. And we were going to our final break to sign off. And I walked to the concourse into, you know, look at the game and see what was going on. And it was a miracle because at precisely that moment, Ben Wallace was going in for a meaningless layup, and that's when Artest fouled him. And everything broke loose. We had about a four-minute break. I watched as much as I could, and I ran back to the mic. You're not going to believe what's happening here. And and then, you know, as, as they say, the rest is history. And that game set back the Indiana Pacer franchise, I think, 10 years. I mean, there were $5 million in fines, uh, 88 games missed. It, it, you know, it ruined their season. The Pistons ended up making it back to the finals that year and losing to the uh, San Antonio Spurs in seven games, thanks to Big Shot Bob. But... The funny thing is, is that the malice at the palace has become one of those infamous stories that everybody seems to know about. And last November 19th, which was the 15-year anniversary, I got asked to go on several shows. But I can imagine what it must have looked like from your end, Ben, as well, because you've, you've pretty much seen it all in the world of sports. But how do you describe that when you're watching it? Yeah, it, it was crazy. It reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you remember, this is often forgotten, the Dodgers in... I think it was the year 2000, we're in Chicago, and somebody stole one of the, the I think it was one of the pitcher's hats. catcher's hat. Oh, uh, catcher's hat. So oh, yeah, no, they went into the stands, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, my, that was my thought, because I was actually with the Dodgers when we went back. I wasn't with them on that trip, but when we went back to Chicago... And they had like extra security because they were, you know, those big mean Cub fans were going to mess with the Dodgers and stuff because they were, that was their first trip back since that happened. But that was the closest. And I don't even think that's a good comp to tell what that, that is so un, unprecedented. I mean, there, there have been situations where maybe one or two guys went in the crowd. We've all heard those stories over the years, maybe back in the early days of baseball or even more recently with Vernon Maxwell or Tony Phillips, the baseball player that went in the crowd in Milwaukee. Yeah. To, have, to have half the team. To have, and you remember Jermaine O'Neal throwing that haymaker? <laughs> I thought he killed the guy, uh, Jermaine O'Neal, with that punch. So, I mean, and Jermaine so- O'Neal played that night in the Mouse in the Palace. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you just alluded to, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the punch he threw, the guy that came on the court and he threw the punch uh, was just... If his left foot hadn't slipped on some sort of moisture on the floor, he would have killed the guy. If you go back and watch the film, his left foot slips. It's like a kicker when your pivot foot slips and he was unable to really launch. Yeah, but yeah, you, you remember that. That's pretty good detail. Yeah, that was amazing. 
Bernie, real quick, and for you and Ben too, the catcher was was Chad Cruder with the Dodgers. I don't know if you guys remember him, but that was remember Chad yeah, very well. Yeah, no, no, I remember. Listen, he that Chad Cruder. <laughs> let me tell you something. All right, that blankety blank. I was sitting in the press box at Dodger Stadium. He he hits a foul ball. And he hit my laptop and destroyed my laptop in the press box at Dodger Stadium. And then I, I was all pissed, you know, because I'm a struggling radio guy. And I, I, I asked the Dodgers, I said, you got to pay for this, you know. And at the time I was doing Dodger postgame stuff, they had a big meeting. And they decided after like five executives of the Dodgers got together. This is back in the uh, end of the O'Malley no, it might, no, O'Malley must have been gone. It must have been the Fox Fox time. era, yeah. Yeah, the Fox era. And uh, they got together, and they said, ah, sorry, Ben, you're on your own. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I enjoy about listening to your show, and, and the guys Brian Finley can attest, I'm, I'm a radio junkie, is, Ben, because you have, um, have this rich history of L.A. sports, which I can completely relate to, because I grew up in SoCal before I moved to Michigan, um, are the events that have marked have marked time in L.A. sports history. And here's where I'm going with this, guys. I've led this odd, idiosyncratic, unexplainable life that I have been at these sporting events, and odd things have happened. And a guy, a local writer here uh, who just retired, Norm Clark, he was like Las Vegas' version of Army Archer, um, wrote an article about me, and it's out there somewhere. I'm going to give you an example, Ben. December 9th, 1977, the forum. I'm there. Rudy Tomjanovich is punched by Kermit Washington. And my biggest takeaway is when Kermit's head, or Rudy's head at the floor, it sounded like someone dropping a bowling ball from six feet. Because I, I, I interned at the forum for four years. July of 1974, I'm at a baseball camp at Pepperdine. The coaches take us out to this game at Dodger Stadium. I see Tommy John walking off the mound holding his left shoulder. That's the game that hurt his arm and he ended up getting Tommy John surgery. Uh, the other night, Jason uh, Smith and, and Mike Harmon were talking about the Miracle Bowl, December 19th, 1980, BYU and SMU, where BYU trailed 45-25 to 25 with five minutes to go, fourth and five, Lavelle Edwards, BYU's coach, tried to send the punt team on the field. McMahon yells at him and says, get the F off the field. And BYU scores three more touchdowns and beats Craig James and Eric Dickerson. I was at that game. I'd been recruited to play baseball at BYU two years earlier. I made friends with a bunch of the guys. I didn't go there. And I'm right behind the bench, and I'm looking at this and saying, we just, we're about to have the 40-year anniversary of this game, and I remember like yesterday. All three of those events took place in California. And then you add in situations like, well, the, the, uh, what I just told you about, the mouse in the palace. How about 86, uh, Ben, October of 86, the Donnie Moore game. I'm no. there. we got one foot on the rail, and oh. Dave Henderson hits the home run. The ball goes up in the sky, stays up in the sky 15 minutes, and comes down on the other side of the fence. Three months later, Donnie Moore kills himself. So I could go on all day about that, but one of the reasons I, I brought it up is because when you reference some of those L.A. historical perspective takes you have, I absolutely relate to them, and I, I'm like a little kid looking through the fence saying, this is cool. Yeah, well, we both appreciate the great Jim Healy, the uh, old oh. radio guy. I, that's one of the reasons, Bernie, I got into radio. I loved the Jim Healy radio show, and I thought he was amazing and all the drops, and they weren't even dry. They were they had a carts, you know, back in those days in radio, you had right. these big bulky carts, and it was so good, and I, I loved every day, you know, 5.30 – and then the dreaded, right. the dreaded 6 o'clock tone that would be played. And there's a website that still has all the old Healy clips on it. And there's some YouTube videos of people. Because people who didn't live in L.A. or you know young people have no idea who the hell Jim Healy is. Because he's been gone for a while. But you remember Jim Healy, when he got he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. And they, they had this big ceremony, right? It was a big deal. I just started in radio at the time. so And I couldn't go. I was working in San Diego. Uh, but at, as I remember the story, uh, that was the day that Magic Johnson announced he was HIV positive. And so all the media that was going to be covering this Jim Healy thing all had to leave to go to the forum because they had a press conference. And that was like one of the big, I'm a stunning story, right? It was, oh my God, I remember how, sure, how sure. crazy that was at the time. But that's uh, that was the day that Jim Healy had his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's and his amazing. kid, his kid, Bernie. Did you work for the Mighty 690 
Yes, and, yeah, yeah. I uh, worked with Hacksaw. I interned with Hacksaw. We've had you know, uh, you know, those. Were, I'm going to say that's probably ninety ninety one ish. What you're talking about that that vintage there, and of course, those were really some of the real golden days of of LA radio. I mean, if you were driving, as we all know, and the traffic in LA is what it is, and that's what sustained me. And I would listen to Healy, and I'd listen, you know, who could forget Hacksaw, right? Okay, San Diego, let's get back to the jam-packed floor lines. Rancho Penasquitas, first-time caller. <laughs> nice to hear from you. You could disagree with me, but you'd be wrong. But Raleigh, we got an open hockey line. I mean, that was our LA radio then. And then Healy would come on, and it was just 30 minutes of just pure bliss. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Anyway, I'll tell you a funny story, Bernie. When I first, uh, actually, as I look back at the timeline, I was not working in radio at the time the Healy thing happened, but uh, I was still in school. But then when uh, later on, when I got into radio a couple years after that, and I I was going to these games in the in, in the press box and stuff, and I I met Stu Nahan, and I every so time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I every time I saw Stu, may he rest in peace. He was in right. the press dining room eating, and I was just laughing because uh, the the Jim Healy show used to play. Uh, yeah, as you said, the drop. So they called him Silver Tip Stu and all that. It was it was hilarious because he was always uh, you know freeloaders update and all that, and uh, it was quite. It was quite impressive. And you mentioned Norm Clark, Bernie. And I, you know, I know Norm a little bit. I actually oh, had, a, great. I, I, I had a meal with him years ago in Vegas when I was doing my website, my gossip site. And he was like the go to any, any, for years, anything in Vegas. You know, he was the page six. He was the TMZ of Vegas. And, you know, the, the, the catchphrase, the marketing phrase, if it happens in Vegas, it stays in Vegas. Well, not if, not if Norm found out. Not if Norm found out. And uh, he, he, was, he was so good. And, and as I'm sure you know, too, he was a baseball – wasn't he worked for the Associated – he told me the story. He worked for the Associated he did. Press. He did. And he, he worked and he, many years in Denver. You come to town and we'll, we'll grab Norm and have dinner on me. Norm's a great guy. A wonderful guy with a black eye patch. And Norm and I became friends in 2012 purely by accident because one of those years, Ben, we were, I was doing a radio show and Cal Poly San Luis Obispo got a bid for the big dance in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and this guy calls in and says, well, who are they? I don't know anything about them. I said, that's all you need to know about them is in 1976, their starting shortstop on the baseball team was Ozzie Smith. And their starting right fielder was Danny Gans, who I'm sure you know Ben yeah, had a great yeah. show here in Vegas for many years. God sure. rest his soul as well. Yeah. And Norm heard that on the air. Called me. We became friends and said that's some that's some pretty good minutia there because he knew that, right? But you're right. Norm was the go-to. I mean, when Britney Spears was married for 50 hours, she called him and said, "I want you to call. I'll write a column and set the record straight." Wow, that's pretty good. And Bernie, I I was reading online. Did you play minor league baseball? Is that right? Back in the day, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I did sign with the Cincinnati Reds. Larry Barton Senior signed me. Uh, he's since passed away. They might have shot him. Very short lived <laughs> career. Back in the day, I had and I ended up having bone chips on my elbow and had trouble hitting a slider. But yeah, I did. I, I did. I played. Yep. I had a how brief many, how, stint at Cincinnati Reds organization. Did you spend a year or two years or twenty seven uh, games. 27 games. You're like Moonlight Graham a little bit, right? You're the Moonlight Graham. And, uh, and did you play with anybody that made it? Did you, any of the guys? Oh, my goodness. Well, certainly well, in college, I played with Tim Flannery, Marty Castillo, Jay Pettibone. Played against everybody in Southern California. You made it. And then in the organization, played a bit with Eddie Milner, Paul Householder, um, and uh, uh, see uh, Dave Van Gorder. Um, and then what's interesting is is – in, then back in the day, they used to have these winter teams, and, and Larry Barton Jr. put together this winter team, and we'd play colleges on weekends. We'd go to USC and play a doubleheader. We'd go to Cypress College and play a doubleheader. I don't know if they do that anymore, but this is we're talking this is 1979. And, all the, and right before uh, spring training, a lot of the big leaguers would come out and work out with us. So uh, Davey Collins came out, Eric Davis came out. Uh, well, actually, no, excuse me, that was before Eric Davis' time. He might have. He wasn't in the big leagues yet, though. But I caught Frank Pastore for three innings one day. I caught Mike Lacoste. They'd come out when they'd get ready. I don't talk about it much because it comes off like Al Bundy, you know, and or it comes, I come off like, you don't want to come off like Uncle Rico in uh, Napoleon Dynamite, you know. He could have won the championship back in 82. No one cares. <laughs> but, yes, I did. 
Well, that's uh, listen, Bernie. That's interesting, man. That's uh, that's cool. You know who also didn't make it in the minor leagues was Scott Boris, who's become the greatest yep. agent of all time. Right? He's he's uh, yeah. I, I had a, spent an afternoon with him. There's actually a picture of me. I finally put it on. What happened was back during the last dance. Um, I remember when Michael Jordan signed with the Birmingham Barons, and I'm telling you, Ben, and I know both you guys know sports as well as anybody. If you go to double-A and hit 202, you got some junk in your trunk. People don't realize what a good level of baseball that is. I was shocked looking at Jordan's swing and the way he transferred his way too quick and it was really arms. Like, How did he hit 202? I mean, he even hit a couple of home runs. The only thing Jordan did that I liked was he went first to third like a maniac. However, he was such an incredible competitor. Ron Schuler said if he hadn't gone back to the NBA and there hadn't been a strike, he probably would have gotten a September call up but anyway uh some guy tweeted at me and said jordan sucked he couldn't play I said that's not fair that's not fair he he competed if his name would have been eddie gazinski he never would have signed because he didn't have any one tool that made you love him but he could compete i said but having said that i still think i would have beaten michael jordan in a home run derby contest and i stand by that and I, then i sent him a picture of me if you go to my twitter account on the right you'll see a picture of me in a tampa tarpons Cincinnati Red Sink Lady with a longer hair there and a fresher looking face. So then I put a picture of me up there and so that's enough of that. I guess that's enough of that. Hey, Bertie, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned Vegas earlier with what's going on. What's the climate like? Because you know, we've all talked about sports eventually returning back in full form and now the NFL is king and you know, Ben and I have 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 done some other things with, with Benny versus the Penny. We're doing some streaming live now, but I mean, there's a ton of dudes that are putting money and, and and good action on these on these NFL games, whether it's on Thursday night football or just the weekend affairs. So, have you seen any kind of uptick, or is everything else pretty much the same in terms of of action across the uh, gambling lines? Yeah, it's a good question. So it's not where it was last year at this point. They're still down about twenty percent, but it's far above what they thought it would be coming out of COVID. Uh, the handles on games have been extremely healthy. Um, a lot of people betting. And one of the things, is, and it's not just Vegas, guys, one of the things that has really um, enhanced the impact of sports betting in general is legalized sports betting. As you know, May of 2018 passed by the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992 was overturned. And since then, uh, the hypocritical Roger Goodell, who wouldn't even take Vegas' advertising money back in Super Bowl 38, 2004, I mean, the NFL and their teams have formed 28 marketing and data-sharing partnerships with various enterprises. 18 states are now legal. Four more states have ratified it. They just don't have the brick-and-mortar set up yet or the uh, app technology set up. And seven other states have legislation. So uh, to answer your question, uh, 33 million people in one form or fashion bet on an NFL game last Sunday. And here in Vegas, if you come to town during football and walk into a even though the social distancing is a little different and the way the books are set up now are following protocols and people are wearing masks, if you were never here before, you would never know the difference. The traffic is robust. The betting on the game is heavy. And, I mean, heavy, heavy betting on the game. Last Thursday alone, and there's always, there's always big bets, right? A guy put 110000 on the Chiefs minus 9.5 at the Mirage. Another guy put 100000 on the under of 53.5 at Aria. And you saw it landed on 54. Yeah. So there are big bets. You've got the U.S. Open. And, Ben, you brought up a good point. What was it like during COVID? Well, believe it or not, even when the casinos were shut down and the sportsbooks were shut down for 76 days, people could still bet on apps. And about 63% of all bettors in Vegas now bet through their app. And back in March and April, they were stuck with Korean baseball, Russian ping pong, Bundesliga soccer, UFC. But even in spite of that, people were still looking for action and they were still betting, even though the four majors weren't back. Now that they're all back, it's bonkers. Now, Bernie, can we set a line in Vegas for when a certain guy will throw up after he eats bull testicles? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. People always ask, uh, you know, what does Vegas say about the election? What does Vegas say about the Academy Awards? There's a simple rule here in Vegas in the uh, Gaming uh, Commission's bylines. 
it's got to be in a box score. Uh, there's got to be a final result in the box score because if anybody can control the outcome or anybody, if, if an outcome could be predetermined by someone's information, you can't bet it. Now, that's funny. Maybe someday we'll get to something like that, right? But they're not. no regulated gaming establishment would set a line on something like that. Offshore? Sure, why not? You can do just about, you know, you go to some of these offshore sites, which I'm sure you've heard of, you know, Pinnacle and Bovada and such. They, you can bet all kinds of stuff on that. But here in a regulate, what's considered a regulated market, it's got to be in a box score. Well, and Bernie, there's no reason to put a line. There's 100%. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to eat the damn bull testicles. My, my uh, wife's going out to, to the butcher shop because I'm told you can get those at a butcher shop. Who knew that a butcher shop, any butcher shop supposedly has those. But So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick those up. And I, will, I'm, I guarantee I'm going to make a YouTube video. I can't get to Denver, obviously, because of COVID and all that. So I'm not traveling anywhere. But... Uh, when, when I eat these, the people are going to claim that they're not what they are, that I'm, you know, I'm faking it or not. But I guarantee you, all right, I'm going to eat one. That's all I'm eating, Bernie. One bull testicle. I, I don't know if you eat two, one, and then that's it. And so I don't, I'm going to get crap for it, but screw all the haters. It's going to happen. If not this weekend, it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Cause I, I'm not sure if we'll be able to get it done this weekend, but we're going to try. So it's going to happen. Ben, if I could share something with you, I'm sure you know Hank Goldberg, right? Hammer and Hank? Yeah, yeah, Miami legend, sure. Yeah, so he moved to Vegas two or three years ago, and I know Hank pretty well, and I've been on a couple of betting panels with him. I like him, and I'm pretty sure I got his phone number, and I'll get it to you because he <laughs> we, did a, we did a seminar here at Sunset Station uh, two years ago, uh, NFL preview, and we all had dinner afterward. And Frank asked, uh, Hank asked me a couple of questions about Detroit because I spent 17 years there. Actually, I was born. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Born there, then we moved to California. My mom actually went to University of Michigan, but here's where I'm going with this. Hank goes, I have one distinct memory of Detroit. I was downtown somewhere, blah, 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 back in the mid-70s, and I went to this restaurant, and it's allegedly served bull testicles, and I ordered them and had them. And I go, how were they? He goes, they're a little tough. <laughs> I don't think Hank, Hank was making it up, so we gotta we gotta get you two connected or something. <laughs> well, listen, I, I I was reading online, Bernie, because I have no life of like how to properly prepare the bull testicles, and so you gotta like take the vein out, which sounds disgusting, and then you you gotta cut it thin. Uh, my my buddy Bob, who does radio in Kansas City, he's had him. He said you gotta cut them thin. And then you got to bread them and deep fry them. So my theory is if I cut them thin, I bread them, and it's like eating a chicken nugget, and then I just dip it in barbecue sauce, how bad could that be? It can't be that bad, right? It, it's got to be okay. Well, I'm with you. I think uh, maybe throw a little A1 or ketchup on it. And then, uh, you know, I've always said no matter what you put A1 on, it tastes like A1. You know, you put it on a boot, it tastes like A1. So throw a little A1 on there. No one said you couldn't do that, right, Ben? Yeah, exactly. See, that's there were no real rules on this. There's no real rules on this. It's just that I have to consume the bull testicle. How I consume the bull testicle, that is a different situation. That is a different situation. All right, listen, Bernie, I love you, man. Continued success. You're dominating there. Saturday nights, everyone needs to listen to, to you. If you haven't heard Bernie's show, straight out of Vegas. And remember, the most important number in gambling, right, uh, Bernie? 52.4%, right? Isn't that the most important number that's in gambling? A, yeah, there's a man with knowledge. If you, That's your break-even point because if you can win more than 52.4% of your games, you you can be profitable. That's exactly right, Ben. Yeah, you got to make money. It's all about making money. All right, Bernie, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Pleasure being with you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bernie. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. 
Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.